Welcome to Security Clearance and Security on Federal News Radio with your hosts, Lindy Kaiser of clearancejobs.com and Sean Bigley with security clearance law firm Bigley Ranish. Millions of jobs require a U.S. government security clearance. Getting or keeping one is an anxiety-inducing process shrouded in mystery and sometimes urban legend. We demystify security clearances, deliver expert insight, and answer the questions you'd never ask at work. Hi, this is Lindy Kaiser, and thank you so much for joining and listening to this episode of Security Clearance in Security on Federal News Radio. Today, we have one of our hottest topics in the national security and cleared recruiting and hiring space, and that's drug use and your security clearance. Joining us today is Kimberly Berlin. She is the owner and operator of the Berlin Group, specializing in security clearance evaluations and mental health treatment for federal government employees and contractors. There's certified by the Department of Homeland Security to assess and treat individuals with security clearance issues relating to alcohol or substance abuse disorders, also certified by the Department of Hearings and Appeals or DOHA as a subject matter expert. Ms. Berlin is a licensed clinical social worker, certified substance abuse counselor in the Commonwealth of Virginia, has a master's in addictions counselor and certified as a substance abuse professional by the Department of Transportation. That is a lot of accreditations and certifications. And thank you so much, Ms. Berlin, for joining us and for sharing your expertise with our audience. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. And so again, the topic is drug use. We're seeing a lot more questions about quote unquote legal drug use as it pertains to the clearance process. I'm curious if you're seeing more issues come through your practice as a result of the greater prevalence of, again, this kind of legal drug use. I think, what, 17 states now have legal drug use on the book. So obviously it's hitting the national security community just like it's hitting other audiences. I am seeing a lot more people with statements of reasons where marijuana in states that have legalized marijuana are using that rationale. Oh, it's legal. But despite all the information that's been disseminated, drugs like marijuana are not legal under federal law. I cannot emphasize that enough. If you use marijuana under any circumstance, you are subject to having your security clearance denied, suspended, or revoked. It's that cut and dry. If anything, the federal government is being more rigid than ever about drug use in states where it has become legal. It's just no longer an excuse. Gummies, vapes, edibles, pipes, joints, it's all the same. It's illegal at the federal level. So anyone who's seeking a clearance needs to read the guidelines and become familiar with the conditions that could raise a security concern. And the first one listed under guideline H, drug involvement and substance misuse, which is page 17, is any, and they mean it, any drug use. So I've conducted evaluations for folks who admitted to smoking once, and they were then involved in a security clearance process. So for higher security level clearances like top secret, compartmentalized, or secured access program, the vetting process for drug and alcohol use is more stringent and rigid than ever before. It includes hair follicle tests, random tests, and even independent contractors coming to your home with 15 minutes advance notice for a random drug urine analysis. 
And since October 2020, these regulations have become more exacting and less flexible. Okay. I mean, that's interesting. So I think the common thought or, or speculation is that perhaps the government would start to kind of look the other way when it comes to drug use. And I've heard the drug testing question, you know, some I think some defense contractors or private sector companies are starting to wonder if they should continue to drug test their employees. I think what you're saying is that the scrutiny is still there and the government is still very much concerned about drug use. Absolutely correct. And folks need to remember that, keep that in mind and not be swayed by the fact that a state law does not trump Fed. Fed trumps state anytime. And on the contrary, the regulations and the processes, vetting processes, are becoming more rigid, more intense. People need to be really aware that although a state might be lax in law, federal law is still very much prevalent. Yeah. And then now talk to me about passage of time, because that used to be the kind of the number one recommendation we would make to folks. Do you think passage of time is slightly less relevant than it used to be? Or are you still seeing government consider, no, you need to have some amount of passage of time before you apply if there's drug use in your background? Yeah, not at all less relevant. On the contrary, it's the longer, the better. For marijuana use, one year is a minimum that would be considered a mitigation factor. Any other drug use like cocaine, MDMA, or ecstasy, mushrooms, opioids, Adderall, which college kids are using for cramming on exams, you need to show a minimum of 18 to 24 months of no use. And better if you combine it with some sort of program of recovery. You have to show sincere and viable actions towards mitigation of past behavior. Applicants should ensure that there has been no drug use in their history for a minimum of 18, 24 months and longer is better. If you hold a security clearance and you're employed by the government in any way and you use drugs of any kind, the government will suspend or revoke the clearance almost immediately. I've seen it over and over again. A bachelor party, a wedding, New Year's Eve, one joint, one line, and you've just jeopardized your entire career. So the best advice is allow plenty of time between use and application. And if you can, earlier in your college career, do it. Definitely. It's not easy. I appreciate that. But the longer a passage of time you have, the better. Yeah. And you bring up a good point with the Adderall and the prescription drug abuse. So we know, you know, the opioid epidemic is something that we've talked about a lot, you know, across America. Are you seeing more prescription drug abuse issues? I can't, I feel like that's something I have not seen in the Doha cases that I've looked at, but again, maybe I'm just not coming across them. I'm not seeing more cases of opioid, but I am seeing more cases of Adderall. And Adderall is ready, readily available through friends and because so many people have been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD and they're, you know, and the prescriptions are handed out like candy. No, it's definitely, I mean, the Adderall one is one that comes out. And I think a lot of folks have to remember, we kind of, we talk about the general, you know, security clearance application process and you might not list something on there, but especially if you're going, you know, in for a TS, SEI clearance, a higher level clearance, you go in there for a polygraph examination, you're probably going to be asked questions that are going to dig into, you know, anything, things that you might not have disclosed before. I think with drug use in particular, anything, you know, that someone might be 
ashamed of in their past or kind of wish they hadn't done. There's always some ambiguity in folks try to conceal things. Kind of talk about that. Like not reporting drug use is actually worse often than just reporting it and dealing with the consequences. Absolutely. Liddy, absolutely. And I've seen this over and over again in my evaluations where a young person or even, you know, a not so young person has gone off to a bachelor party or a camping event or something and someone had a joint and they smoked the joint. And the next thing you know, they're up for their 10 year and they have a poly and it comes out, you know, you can't lie on a poly. You can't manipulate the machine. Ain't going to happen. The number one caveat that I have for anyone who's either applying or in the government under no circumstances ever, ever lie to the government or leave out your drug history. It's non-negotiable. So you can't mitigate lying. You will get caught in a lie. And then if you omit or lie, you are going to end up in a security clearance process and your character and your conduct is going to come into question. Better to tell the truth, better to come clean and then deal with those you know, consequences. The number one rule for anyone who has a security clearance or wants to get one is applying or already in government is never lie to the government on paper or in person ever. It seems like, you know, the easy thing to do at the time, but again, especially if you find folks, you know, you might be able to get by with it at a secret level clearance. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but if you're going in again for a TS, you know, clearance or above, they're going to be asking, you know, for references. They're going to be following up on, you know, adverse information. You know, they're going to be looking into your character, reliability, trustworthiness. So things, you know, things are going to get disclosed. And so it's, again, certainly better to be better to be upfront. You know, I've seen people enter the security clearance process with public trust. I've had quite a few cases where people have had public trust and maybe it's the agency they're working with, but there is a, you know, a really a zero tolerance policy with lying on any kind of a document. And if it is secret, I've seen clients, you know, also enter a security clearance process because they either their application, they got caught or after 10 years, they were being upped to a TSSCI. And what happens is they look back at the original documentation and they say, wait a minute, you didn't say that 10 years ago. What happened here? At the end of the day, do the next right thing, despite the personal consequences. Bringing it on home with CBD products. I can't go anywhere without finding a CBD product. Is it the same as drug use? Have you seen any issues of CBD come up in your practice at all? I have in a couple of really, really big cases, actually. CBD is a derivative of marijuana. It's an extract. And there are some derivatives that are isolates, which means they're even further chemically altered from a marijuana plant. Some come from a marijuana plant, some come from hemp. Some have, you know, 0.3, I think it is, percent THC in it. Some have zero. If you are going to use CBD, use hemp-based isolate with zero percent, because at least then you can say the, the CBD that I used is at zero percent. If it has any THC in it, the government is going to consider it as a drug because of despite 0.3 percent, there is THC in it. 
Unfortunately, the federal government, despite the fact that entities like National Institute of Health have done extensive studies on the benefits of CBD, the federal government, when it comes to security clearances, does not view CBD as a legitimate substance. So using it will result in applicant or existing employee having their clearance suspended or revoked and going through an entire security clearance mitigation process. Use a hemp-based product with zero THC in it. That's my best advice on CBD. Okay. Well, taking the CBD gummies off my Christmas list then. (laughs) Kimberly, any other final takeaways or things that we didn't address for use in the calendar? Well, yeah, just a couple points that I wanted to let the audience know about. First of all, alcohol. Watch that consumption. And one DUI is going to be enough to reject a security clearance application and suspend or revoke a security clearance being held. So more than one DUI, and I've seen several cases with three or more come through, right? The government is not going to let that go through the process. And, you know, drinking and driving in an era of Uber, there's really no excuse. There's just none. And that's how the federal government sees it. And they are very stringent about it. So watch that alcohol consumption overall for your health, but especially no drinking and driving. And the last point I want to make, um, because this is something I have not seen uh, until recently, I have worked on cases of an increasing number of sexual misconduct issues. So these include the use of pornography online on a government computer, whether at the office or a government-issued laptop at home or while you're on the road. And it also includes surfing and accessing sites like Tinder. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't ever use your government computer or phone for anything other than official use. If you frequent massage parlors, use escorts, prostitutes, or even have an affair while you're married, you will be subject to suspension or revocation of a security clearance. And like I said, I'm seeing more and more of these issues come across my, you know, my desk and not sure why, (laughs) but the caveat here is be careful and, you know, watch what you're doing the best rule of thumb for any security clearance is think first before you act. That's the best advice I can give your audience. Make sure your judgment and reliability are always on. I think if you if you do have a federal security clearance, if you have access to classified information, I mean, that's what the government wants you to know. And so, yeah, they are not super forgiving about a quote unquote momentary lapse in judgment unless there are some serious mitigating factors there. Absolutely correct. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly. Really appreciate you joining us in this conversation. I think it's an important reminder for both security clearance holders and applicants. So for more, you can certainly visit Kimberly at the Merlin Group LLC and find out more about her practice and what they do. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lindy. Appreciate it. Welcome back to Security Clearance Insecurity. I am Security Clearance Attorney Sean Bigley. I'm here again with my co-host, Lindy Kaiser from clearancejobs.com. We are talking this segment about CBD oil and CBD products, which is a new area of concern for a lot of security clearance holders. 
We are seeing this pop up quite a bit in our law practice of late, and it's really only been in the last few years that it's become an issue. As some listeners may be aware, it was legalized, or I should say some variations of CBD were legalized in the 2018 Agricultural Improvement Act, also known as the Farm Bill. And specifically, that law legalized uh, CBD products containing a THC concentration of 0.3% or less. Since then, it's really proliferated uh, on the open market, and a lot of security clearance holders have called our office and have reached out with questions and concerns about when they can use this, if at all, and whether or not they would be testing positive on random drug tests for the presence of THC. Lindy, uh, I'm imagining you've seen this pop up as well on the blogs and on the forums at clearancejobs.com. What's your sense of the the frequency that this is coming up in the in the general cleared population? Yeah, well, just the prevalence of I mean, CBD is everywhere. I can get CBD infused honey. I can get CBD infused coffee if I go to Seattle. And so that's what we've gotten a lot of feedback from both candidates and even on the customer side saying you pretty much can't avoid CBD products at this point. What are we supposed to advise our cleared pool? And this is where I've kind of you know always reach out to my contacts on the government side and say, hey, you know, what are your thoughts on CBD products? And I don't know if this is a pain point for you. I always wish they would provide, you know, some policy guidance or like an official yeah. email, but they don't want to do that. So we have kind of this gray area where my advice right now to the folks asking, because we're getting a lot of questions, I'm not seeing it come up in denials and revocations. Like I feel like I've I've seen maybe like one or two examples. So that's where I'd love for you to jump in. Are you actually seeing examples from Doha or even again, the IC is much more of a closed door in in terms of knowing what their cases are coming out. Are we seeing more denials and revocations? Because I'm just seeing a lot of folks wondering about it, it being a gray area. And my general advice is just make sure you know your supplier right? Good drug advice and that you're consuming a product that's going to fall underneath that limit. Because right now I don't feel like we have a lot of case backing to rely on. Is that what you're seeing too? Yeah. So you make a couple of really good points. I mean, first of all, as you point out, this stuff is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. In fact, I was in my local grocery store and I should add that I'm in California. So probably a little bit more ubiquitous here than maybe some other states. But I was in my grocery store just yesterday and they now have an entire display with CBD products that you can buy you know, right there. So it is clearly something that I think is going to be coming up more and more. We are seeing it actually in denial and revocation cases. We started to see this, I would say, probably about 12 to 18 months ago. In the last 12 to 18 months, we've had off the top of my head about a half a dozen cases everywhere from the energy department to the intelligence community where people have taken CBD products And they've actually taken drug tests and tested positive for the presence of THC. Now, it's in very small amounts, the presence that they're testing for, but it is still over the threshold where it triggers a positive test. So that then has launched a a really big battle for these folks where they've had to invest time and money. And some of them have ultimately lost their cases. Um, we, We just did uh, a case for a gentleman in the intelligence community, ultimately lost his case. And he was adamant that he had not been using marijuana, that this uh, test was strictly the result of taking CBD oil that had actually been recommended by his doctor. One of the things that I think is a real fallacy out there that a lot of people don't understand when they're taking this stuff is they hear, oh, it's legal uh, on the federal level, so I must be good to go. 
It's got a small you know, concentration of, of THC in it. So therefore, I must not be able to test positive for THC, which obviously is the active component in marijuana. That is not the case. If you take enough of this stuff, if you take enough of this stuff, it will accumulate in the body and reach a critical mass where over time you will actually test positive. So that's what we're seeing as a big problem in some of our cases. And, you know, I think you made a really interesting point as well about the lack of policy guidance out there. Um, that is definitely the case as it applies to cleared civilians and contractors. There is actually policy now in effect for members of the armed forces that prohibits any consumption of CBD products. So even if it is federally legal, and I can't stress this enough, even if you are being told by somebody that, you know, this is perfectly fine, it's doctor recommended, it's federally legal now, et cetera, et cetera. If you are in the armed forces, it is still against policy to use any of these products. It's an open question and, and hasn't really been addressed for civilians, for contractors. That is something we are actively pushing for some additional guidance on. But right now, really, folks are kind of up to the mercy of uh, individual agency interpretations. And what I heard from Doha kind of towards the beginning of this is that, again, it's not a, an issue per se, unless it's going to come up if you pop hot on a drug test. So that opens up the whole door in terms of, you know, drug testing and documentation. And I think this is something you've written about for clearance jobs a few times. Documentation is really big if you hold an active federal security clearance. So like you said, I would hope that that, you know, person who had a prescription from his doctor was able to use that in the course of kind of supporting his case. But if you don't have good documentation, you can't kind of attest to what you've been taking or why you might have tested positive for a reason that wasn't actually doing drugs. My guess is you're going to have some significant problems. So have you seen documentation help in some of these folks who maybe were taking a CBD product? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things we've had to do, um, believe it or not, in, in these cases is actually go to an independent chemist, a lab that specializes in testing products for marijuana concentration. And they've had to test the product that the person was using, confirm that the label was accurate and that it was federally legal. And then we had to jump through a whole lot of other hoops to demonstrate that this is what the person was actually using and they weren't doing anything else. But the reality is a lot of these agencies we're dealing with, especially in the IC, they tend to take the approach when it comes to CBD that the onus is on the user to demonstrate that they're not also using marijuana. And it's a tough sell in some of these cases. We, we have seen people lose their security clearance when they've said, look, all I did was take this legal CBD oil. And the government has said, nope, you tested positive and you haven't been able to disprove our theory that it must have been something else. You know, obviously, I think that strikes a lot of people, or I'm assuming it would strike a lot of people as grossly unfair. The reality is in this process, you know, you don't have judicial review. You don't have the opportunity to go outside the federal agency that you're dealing with to an independent, you know, arbiter, so to speak. For so me, you I really do are at their mercy. Of, you know, and the if CBD they don't like what they're seeing on the test results, is like how, what is the value tricky. of that CBD product to you in terms of your ability to work in the national security workspace? And I certainly don't want to knock, like if you have an arthritis or a significant issue where you find a product is incredibly useful, maybe, but again, if you're just 
just like living in Seattle and really need a CBD infused latte, that's where I'm, you know, I mean, cause, well, cause we have that both on both sides of the candidate side. I think sometimes it's just the pushback on, Hey, I don't want, you know, the government infringing on my rights. But as you pointed out here, the government weighs strongly in the sense of when it comes to security clearance eligibility, they're only going to award that clearance when it's in their best interest. And it seems like if there's <laughs> any kind of ambiguity around if that's in their best interest, if you're not fo- rule followers, Government really likes people who follow rules. And so to the extent that, you know, if you're using a product that's, again, over that limit. But you pointed to like, this is something that, you know, I I think it ties into the CBD conversation. I've heard this more. Again, I don't, if you have an example, I'd love to hear about that, Sean, because I think this has only come up so far in people who have tested positive on a drug test. The federal government is still going to do some you know, kind of ad hoc drug testing. I've heard more from defense contractor employers saying they're starting to get a little nervous about doing random drug tests for their population because of the proliferation of these products in some senses and not wanting to kind of hit more of their population. Do you think we could see a shift even in the government? Because I think the federal government maybe doesn't want to be as hardcore on these issues as sometimes it, it is based on its policy. Do you think changes in policies around drug testing could help with that or there might ever be a shift in that? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a, you raise a lot of important questions here. I mean, first of all, from an employer standpoint, you are kind of opening Pandora's box once you start that drug testing process, because you're right, you may have a very valuable employee or employees, plural, who are using this stuff who pop positive, And now you're in a real bind because you're obligated to now report that as derogatory information to the government, assuming you're a, a government contractor. So that's problem number one. The other thing is, you know, and, and we haven't touched on this yet, but there is actually uh, emerging technology out there that will differentiate between people who test positive because of CBD and people who test positive because of marijuana. There's only one specific testing provider that I'm aware of that is using this as of now. But if somebody does think that they're going to test positive on a drug test for the presence of THC and it's only because of CBD, it's very, very important that they get on the record in writing, preferably before they actually go in to take the test. If they're chosen to take a test, you know, they are requesting specifically tests that can differentiate between CBD and marijuana use. And that's something that we have seen come up in one particular case. But I think, you know, bottom line takeaway, and you know, you you kind of referenced this. I would tell people who are thinking of experimenting with this stuff, that they really have a decision to make. As far as I'm concerned with what we're seeing, my advice to our clients is don't touch the stuff. If you want a career in national security, find another means of medicating that involves a legal prescription from a doctor that nobody's going to challenge. This is just not worth the headache. Amen. On that note, Sean, I feel like we've We've come full circle on CBD products. So allow me to break away so I can enjoy a CBD infused brownie for the rest <laughs> of my afternoon. So if people have questions about CBD or they're they're nervous about it, where can they find you, Sean? You can find us on the web at biglylaw.com. And I know there's also some great resources on clearance jobs as well with a lot of folks who are uh, talking about issues like this. You heard it here, everybody. As Nancy Reagan would say, if you have an active federal security clearance, and you're considering a CBD product, probably just say no. But if you didn't say no, you can visit us at clearancejobs.com and find out more. Thanks so much, Sean. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Security Clearance Insecurity. 
Please note the information provided on this program is intended as general information only and should not be construed as legal advice. Consult a security clearance attorney regarding your specific situation. Have a question about security clearance process? Interested in submitting your own topic for security clearance insecurity? Have a question you'd like us to address on a future episode? Drop us an email, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for tuning in to Security Clearance Insecurity with your host, Lindy Kaiser of clearancejobs.com and Sean Bigley of security clearance law firm, Bigley Ranish. Join us next time as we continue to answer all the questions about security clearance careers you have, but we're too afraid to ask your security manager.